My name is Daniel Miller. I'm your servant host, and this is the Biblical Anatomy Podcast. Anatomy Academy, and we have here the Biblical Anatomy Podcast. Have a really fascinating topic to discuss today. We have touched on it in the past to an extent here and there, but it's been a while, and it's something that we all do, and it's it's important to talk about it. Uh, today we're going to talk about the stress response. We all know stress far far too well. Uh, we hear people say, stop stressing or don't focus on that. And it's kind of advice that just doesn't ring to our ears. You know, I, I have depression and I've had depression for as long as I can remember. And it's kind of like telling a person who's depressed not to be sad. It's part of the reason why I'm an educator, why I teach anatomy and physiology, why I'm a coach why I coach strength and conditioning for a variety of sports and general health and wellness. I think it's important to really educate on what's occurring and then let people make a founded decision. It's what I promote in the Bible. I believe we're all called to evangelize, uh, but the way I evangelize is through educating you on what exists in the Bible based on my understanding and encouraging you to open the Bible and to do that yourself. Once you're educated on something, you can make an informed decision. So with that in mind, let's talk about the stress response as it pertains to the physiology of our bodies, the bodies that God has designed for us. Generally, if you were just to do a simple search for stress or stress response, you are going to look at three different mechanisms, or you're going to find, rather, three different stages of the stress response. The first would be what's known as the alarm stage. The second would be the resistance, and the third would be the exhaustion. Now, depending whether you're looking at distress or eustress, distress being negative stress and eustress being positive stress, those three may be labeled a little bit differently, but generally it's alarm, resistance, and exhaustion. Now, I just mentioned distress, which we're all familiar with negative stress, but also eustress, positive stress. And some of you may have just stopped for a moment and said, did he say positive stress? Like, I've never thought of stress as positive. Uh, I'm very biased in the field of weightlifting for sure, but that would be an example of a eustress, a positive stress. In fact, your body responds the same way to a physical of stress, a physical event that is a stress like weightlifting, the same as it does as an emotional response that would be classified as distress. Mainly the difference between distress and eustress is the last stage, the exhaustion. In fact, in distress, we almost exclusively call it exhaustion, but in eustress, we call it recovery, which is interesting. And what separates the two is really the frequency of the distress or the frequency of the eustress to define it as either good or bad. Because on a molecular level, 
the response is essentially the same. And so let's go through that now and then we'll kind of provide some application thereafter. So in either kind of stress, alarm is your first stage. And if this was a class that I was teaching anatomy and physiology, I would now ask you, would you like me to evoke a stress response in you? And students will either look at me puzzled or they'll say like, no, no thank you. Or they'll look at me like, how's he going to evoke a response in me? And about that time I take my hand and I smack the table with a whiteboard or whatever I'm near. And undoubtedly every single time, most if not all students jump in their seat. And what I've just done by, do, by doing that is giving you an alarm spike without you trying to control it or it's, it's subconscious. It's just built into our system. There's an alarm spike that there's a threat. Now the way God designed this is beautiful. It's so that we can maintain our homeostasis and we can maintain our survival. Because if a lion breaks into your house, as ridiculous as that may be, you want to be alerted. You want to be in alarm stage so that you can do what you need to do to fight or flight your way out of it, which is why they call this phase of the nervous system the fight or flight stage. So the alarm stage is very, very important to us. And if it was just me smacking the table, you can go through a brief resistance and then you can go into recovery because it's a false alarm, if you will. But generally, we don't apply it to situations like that. We apply it to people that cut us off when we're driving to work. Uh, we apply it to waking up late for work. We apply it to only having eight hours to work and constantly having 20 hours worth of work to squeeze into eight. Uh, we apply it when we get home and we take that work home with us. And our daughter's trying to spend time with us and we're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, and we're on the laptop and we're getting frustrated because our kids are bothering us in terms of work. Now that's partially a topic for another day, work-life balance, which is extremely important. By the way, play with your daughter in that instance and, and hash that out with your boss on why he's putting 20 hours of work on your plate when you only have eight to give. Uh, but that again, that's a topic for a different day. But that continual stress from that weight on your shoulders over and over and over again of too much work being overworked turns this continual alarm that goes off and off and off and off into a resistance. Now, let me back up for a minute. Chemicals that relate to the alarm system would mainly be neurological, but it does end with a release of hormones. And those hormones are called epinephrine and norepinephrine. Uh, laymanly, we would call them adrenaline, okay? So that smack on the table, whatever the alarm is for you, is going to stimulate the brain, the sensory receptors to the brain to then send a signal down to the adrenal glands, which sit atop your kidneys, to release epinephrine and norepinephrine. And they release specifically through what's called the adrenal medulla. I really hope in many of these podcasts that you like to geek out like I do because I do go deep in these, but I do so again as a means of education. So if you're not geeky like me, you may want to fast forward a little bit here and there, but there will be plenty of application for you, I promise. Once that epinephrine and norepinephrine have been released and they cycle through the blood system, now's where you're shifting from alarm to resistance. They're going to go through the cardiovascular system 
Average sized person has about five liters of blood and under non-stressful response, cardiac output, which is how much that blood or how frequently that blood cycles is about five liters per minute. So your entire blood flow cycles through your body once per minute, again, in non-stressful conditions. This is an example of a stressful condition, so it's going to be faster than one minute. So probably closer to 30 seconds. Now a high dose of that epinephrine and norepinephrine arrive, ironically, back at the adrenal gland, but this time the adrenal cortex instead of the medulla, and they secrete probably the hormone that you've labeled as the stress hormone, cortisol. Cortisol is going to be sort of your main highlight of the resistance phase. And what it's intended to do is to deliver as much glucose to the body as possible. Now let's go back to God's design for us. If that lion has broke in, you want to have blood glucose available so you can fuel the tissues that need it. So that if the lion is still chasing you, after that brief alarm, that adrenaline phase, you want blood glucose to continue to fuel your system so that you can get away, right? Because your choice is you either become dinner or you somehow survive, right? So that's a good thing. Again, where it's not a good thing is where we perpetually stress throughout the day. We woke up late. We skipped breakfast. Somebody cut us off. Then we tried to speed up and we were caught behind a driver like myself who was going the speed limit. And now we're stuck behind them and we're angry and we hit every single red light and now we're late for work and our boss is down our throat and we've got 20 hours of work to do and blah, 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 right? Continual alarm, 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 alarm. So we're continually secreting cortisol through the mechanisms previously mentioned and we're, our resistance phase is being prolonged. We're continually secreting glucose, right? You can see why the next phase is called exhaustion when we refer to distress because we're just exhausting the system by doing this over and over again, right? God intended for us to have a stress response when we need it, not to use it on demand, okay? Let's think of a side consequence of this, again, for educational purposes so you can make an informed decision on how you're going to live your life. When you continually secrete glucose and the problem is your boss at work, where does that glucose go? You probably know the answer because you're not utilizing the glucose. It's going to be stored as fat, as adipose tissue. Now, again, if there is a reason to be stressed, a lion broke in, you would use that glucose for appropriate means. One of my most proud moments as an educator over the years was a few years ago. And I had a student that learned this and it clicked for her. And she was often stressed out in my class didn't really enjoy being there, frankly, and the way I described things just didn't seem to really jive with her. And so you know what she did every time I stressed her out? She got up, she left the class, and she'd go for a walk. I was not offended at all. I loved it because I saw the application in it. Now, granted, she was still responsible for the information that I discussed when she was gone, but she was determined to use that blood glucose when she was stressed and not let it be deposited as adipose tissue. Bravo. I thought that was really cool. So there are many consequences of this stress response system through the alarm resistance and exhaustion phase. Again, if you perpetually use this in a way that it's not meant to be, like an on-demand system, and you're going to have deleterious or negative effects. However, if we go back to you stress, positive stress, 
and I used working out as an example, you know, let's say your modality for working out is running, and you go for a run, you're not gonna run five miles six times a day, right? You're gonna do probably one bout of running, and you may do that every day, but probably every other day, or maybe twice a week, three times a week, something to that effect. And you would look at somebody really strange if they said, no, you should be running five miles in the morning. And then two hours later, do another five miles. And then two hours later, do another five miles. And then by the time evening's reached here, you should have get about 60 miles in because you should have done this about 12 times. You'd say, no, I don't think so. That doesn't, uh, even if you don't have an exercise physiology background, you'd say that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So you wouldn't take a U stress, a positive stress, and repeat it over and over and over again. And intuitively, we understand that, but yet we don't understand how it applies to distress. And we do the same thing that we just kind of mocked, but with distress. So I hope that light bulb perhaps comes on for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Your light bulb comes on for you there and that you see the... Uh, the the wrongness, for lack of a better word, the word's escaping me at the moment, the wrongness associated with the application that we've created. Now, we didn't do it consciously, right? We didn't think, oh, this is silly. Let's go ahead and do it anyways. But it's kind of a way with our hustle culture and the work that we have and the isolation that we have that we've sort of uh, tried to get through the demands of our lives. So again, I hope that what I've talked about here today with the stress response has sort of alarmed you to think about this in a new way. Think about distress in a new way. Hopefully you're already utilizing eustress, positive stress, and you're doing so appropriately. Um, there are people that don't do that appropriately. There are people that will exercise 12 times a week. Uh, when I was in college, I was doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger program not realizing that the recommendation was to also be on steroids. Now, luckily, I was 26, 27 years old, and so um, I, I got through it because I could bounce back through things, but I was working out two hours in the morning, two hours in the evening, six days a week. I took Sundays off, and that was it. And it worked for a few months, but eventually I just burnt myself out and started breaking down tissue. So you can take the eustress side of things and apply it in a distress way and over over utilize that in the way that it becomes a negative stress but provided most of us are training three to five times a week maybe a half hour to 90 minutes per exercise session uh, that use stress can be extremely beneficial for us another thing that i'll talk about in future episodes is going to be sleep and uh, we want to look at how we are measuring sleep and how we are utilizing sleep to make sure that we're uh marinating everything that needs to marinate a lot of the metabolites that we secrete during stressful situations exercise included need sleep to be able to restore themselves and kind of work back through their processes there's a number of things that occur in the central nervous system specifically the brain that require sleep and deep sleep as well so definitely talk about that in the future Please get a hold of me if that's of interest to you, and I'll kind of bring it up through the ranks and make sure we include it uh, sooner rather than later. Please reach out to have discussions or any questions you have regarding this. If something I said clicks for you, let me know. If it brings more questions, let me know also. I love to talk shop and just kind of sit down and, and educate. I mention it all the time that 
if I if I don't share this information, it dies with me. And so my responsibility as your Christian brother loving you is to share the information that I've been gifted. I recognize that most people don't understand anatomy and physiology the way that I do. Most people don't enjoy it. And I'm very gifted in the sense that I can teach it in a way that's applicable to people. And I feel a responsibility to do that, just as I feel you have a responsibility to share your gifts as well. I kind of mentioned our jobs and how they stress us out and those sorts of things. Well, for the most part, gone are the days of the farmer, right? Where the farmer does a little bit of everything. He's kind of a jack of all trades. Well, these days what we do is we do one thing really well and then we hire somebody to do all the other things in our lives. And whether that's right, wrong, or indifferent, this is what I do well, and it's my goal to share it with you. And uh, I look forward to seeing what you can share with me. Uh, I certainly don't claim to be an expert in basically anything outside of this. But uh, anyways, if you want to know more information about the topic, please reach out. If you go to biblicalanatomyacademy.com, you scroll about halfway down, there's a green button that says coffee. You can schedule a coffee with me, and I'd be happy to share all the information that I have with you. We do charge for our services, but they're more programming-based or in-home service, home gym, uh, exercise, nutrition education, stress education, all that sort of stuff. Um, But if you just want to pick my brain, I'd love to talk shop with you for 30 minutes and uh, be happy to do that. And I do that at least once a week with somebody to help them through a question that they may have. Oftentimes busting myths, which end up oftentimes becoming the topics of future episodes because there's a lot of stuff out there that we shouldn't be buying into that we are. But anyways, I'm rambling at this point. I want you to know that I appreciate you. I love you. Before we conclude today, I want to continue the theme of sharing a biblical verse. And this one is a wonderful one. It's one of my wife's favorites. It may be one of your favorites as well. It's in the book of Philippians chapter four, verses five through seven. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Again, we love you all. We thank you for your time. We look forward to future correspondence with you. Until next time, God bless. We want to sincerely thank you for listening to today's episode and conclude properly with the Lord's Prayer. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Brother, thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope that this show is bringing you joy bringing you peace, it's increasing your proximity to God, and it's helping you add on serious muscle mass. 
That's what God's provided us the gift to do. It's to understand how the human body works, to put as much muscle on it as possible, which we understand is a unique challenge, not present to everyone, but it's a challenge that's present to you and I. And so we hope that today's episode and all episodes are encouraging you and helping you in that endeavor. Now, if you're like me and you're listening to this part of the episode, you probably are the type that has to listen to the entire episode or it doesn't count. Or maybe you're just stuck in traffic and you can't turn the podcast episode off at this point in time. Or maybe you are like me and when you read a book, you have to read the entire book, including the copyright information. I know it's a silly, silly endeavor, but we are the way that we are and God made us perfectly. We are the only creation of his that is made in his image. And with that in mind, I'd like to encourage you further and provide you a couple resources that will be of immense benefit for you. The first is a one repetition maximum calculator. This calculator is made through a spreadsheet and it's laid out very well for you to estimate how strong that you have got over a specific period of time. There is a video on this landing page as well that'll instruct you how to use it. But if you need further instruction, please go to our homepage at biblicalanatomyacademy.com and schedule a coffee session with me where we can talk about the uh, one repetition maximum calculator. To get the one repetition maximum calculator, you'll want to go to biblicalanatomyacademy.com slash one RM. You'll enter in your name and email and you'll get access immediately to the spreadsheet that we have created. Also of value would be a template to get you started as you begin to design new programs to break through plateaus as we instruct. This program that we have, this template, utilizes all the percentages that we preach and we believe is the best tool for you to break through those plateaus. You can access it at biblicalanatomyacademy.com template. You enter your name and email and you'll get an immediate download for the spreadsheet that we have created that allows you to put any of your exercises in any of those one repetition maximums in and use the document for success long-term. Again, if you need assistance with either of those spreadsheets, the one repetition maximum calculator or the template we have created at Biblical Anatomy Academy, please go to our homepage at biblicalanatomyacademy.com, scroll down and click the green button for coffee. And we'd be happy to meet with you over a cup of coffee or water or pre-workout or a protein shake whatever suits you best so we can instruct you moving forward in life, in fitness, and in love. We thank you for being here. We thank you for listening all the way to the conclusion. Uh, We hope that you listen to a further episode and enjoy, and we hope to have future correspondence with you. God bless, and we love you.